This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Across the Airwaves with Lung Talk, presented by Asthma Otago. Tune in the first Wednesday of every month at 12 noon for information on how to better manage breathing problems on Otago Access Radio, 105.4 FM. Hello everyone. Um, Today on Asthma Otago's Lung Talk, we have um, Helen Sawyer who's talking with us today and she works in the palliative care team at um, Dunedin Hospital. So welcome Helen and we've also got Joe Torrance who also works for the Asthma Society um, and so we're just going to have a, a bit of a chat today about the palliative care service. So Helen you work at the hospital and in palliative care so perhaps you'd like to explain to everyone listening actually what does palliative care mean? Well yes Linda it's quite an interesting word that a lot of people have never heard before yeah, that's right. Palliative or palliation. And just to put it simply, um, well, it's not simple for everybody. It's a subspecialty of medicine. And what that means is like respiratory, which some of you will have some contact with, is a subspecialty of medicine. Cardiology is. Um, and the renal team, the, the doctors who work with kidneys, um, they're a subspecialty of general medicine. So palliation, palliative care rather, is is a subspecialty of medicine. Another way of um, defining it is that to palliate um, means to cloak or to encompass something or to pallium. It's an old Greek word. And in the 1960s, a doctor in England was seeing people dying at home and sometimes that went well and sometimes it didn't and she wanted to start a service. And those services back in in the 1960s were hospice services. But an American doctor in the 1970s said, well, why can't we do what she's doing but in hospitals? And he coined the phrase palliative care to cloak. And that's where the medicine teams started to use the, the phrase palliative care. Great. Thanks, thanks, Helen. That, yeah, it's, it's a good explanation, isn't it, about sort of encompassing lots of different things. So what what's your role within the hospital? Well, I'm a nurse and I've been nursing um, for a number of years and I've been working in palliative care since the early 1990s and I've worked in hospice services. But since 2006, I've been working in Dunedin Hospital as a palliative care clinical nurse specialist with the palliative care advisory service. So In the hospital, we don't have people admitted into hospital who come to ED or come into hospital. We don't have them admitted under our service, like you might be admitted under respiratory or under orthopaedics or whichever other team you might be in. We're an advisory service. So the the teams in the hospital, the doctors, the nurses, all the allied health, the occupational therapists, anybody in the team can refer to our service for advice on a palliative care issue, on an issue that they're just wanting some support with. And we we go and we see people either just talk to the teams or we go and see the patients and their families and we can be really involved on a daily basis, once or twice a day, or we might go once or twice and check in and give advice and just be in the background. And sometimes people don't actually know that we're involved at all. Right. That's that's great because... um, So... When would perhaps a doctor 
think that they would need your help. You know, if they had someone within the ward or um, and they, they would say, right, I think we need to involve the palliative care team for some advice, what sort of things would they be perhaps um, looking at? Well, sometimes it is about uh, a time when a doctor has worked out that maybe um, the issues that are happening are not within their scope, like within the specialist scope. And I keep talking about respiratory because we're, it's something yeah. that's probably known to more of you than not um, around the other services. But a team might think, well, we've, we've had a quite a tricky time in hospital and this person's got something that's progressing, a disease that's progressing, and ultimately there's no cure for, and we aren't involved only when people are in the last days or weeks of life. We're involved sometimes for some to many years, depending, you know, when if a person comes in and out of hospital because we're needs-based, we're not prognosis-based. And prognosis simply means when someone predicts how long a person might have left to live. So some of the teams refer to us because they really want some follow-up in the community from a palliative care perspective and they want somebody to support the GPs in the community or the district nurses and sometimes in aged care um, facilities as well. And so the team says, well, maybe we'd like hospice involved, but well, let's get the palliative care team in the hospital to come and meet this person and explain what that means. Sometimes we go because there's a symptom like shortness of breath that the respiratory team has had a lot of input with and they've maximised all their current therapies like their inhalers and things and they're still thinking, mm, maybe we're not, we're missing something here. We'll ask the palliative care team to give advice. So we do a lot of different things and sometimes it's more a social um, support around emotional support for the families and the patients. Yeah, so, you know, just clarifying that you don't just work with the patient, isn't that right, Helen? That's you, right. A lot of your time is spent, you know, meeting families and coordinating with families, isn't it? Yep, and in a hospital, as you'll know, Linda, and as a lot of people know, when they come in and out of hospital, there are so many faces and so many people and all those different uniforms and people coming mm. in and out and sometimes there's family meetings and sometimes we're at, our main role is to just navigate that with the person and their family to support them when they've had some news about being referred to hospice, for example, can be quite confronting for people and it might be that we're that support and that sort of link in the hospital with the team because not all the nurses and doctors in hospital are comfortable talking about end-of-life issues either. Yeah, I think that's been really helpful from a respiratory perspective, which you've mentioned. Um, I think often when we mention palliative care, people sometimes get a, a bit surprised and think, oh my goodness, they think I'm going to die. Now, that's not what, what it's about. And, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that, isn't it? That actually it's around, you know, working with people to make you know, a condition that is life-limiting, but um, introducing, as you said, quite early for some people has been really helpful, and we've certainly found that. So mm. I think that's something that's, you know, kind of important, isn't it? It is important, and I think that's the thing. Sometimes the things that we say to people are, are like, we're not here to talk about your dying. We're here to talk about your living and what's important to you and how can we change, what what can we change at the moment yeah. or in the future that can um, mean that you can still do the things that are important to you. Yeah, so you talked briefly around who can refer, so doctors, nurses, allied health, so that's like physios and OTs. What about, um, can someone refer themselves to you? 
In our, in our hospital setting, they could ask if they can have a referral. We can come and see them. But just like if any member of the team refers to us, we always like to have the whole team involved in that um, discussion. So we, if a person themselves says, can I have palliative care service involved, often the team will refer based on that request and we'll come in and just find out why, what the what we might add to the mix. And there might not be much, but they may also be feeling a bit frightened about when they leave hospital and we can link them up with other services. Yeah, yeah. So we might just have a wee break now because I think then we can look at perhaps not just the hospital but wider community stuff um, after a bit of a break. Thank you.
welcome back everyone. So just a reminder, we've got Helen from the Palliative Care Service um, with us talking with us today. So the first, uh, before the, the uh, song, we had a bit of a chat about the service within the hospital. But um, Helen, you're involved within the wider community in a sense as well. So tell us what a little bit about what's out in the, the community that people can have access to. Yeah, well, as I said, I work for the Palliative Care Advisory Service, and we are an inpatient-based service. So we've got a team of um, three nurses, and we have the support of one of the um, medicine doctors who's also a palliative care doctor. So we don't usually see patients out in the community, but we certainly have a lot of linkages and involvement. Part of our role is, for example, help um, education and working with the district nursing service. And a lot of district nurses, um, people who they see in the community have a palliative care need. So we're sort of in the background in that sort of sense. Our linkage really, I often say to people, um, we our service sort of stops at the doors of the hospital, but we pay, play tag team then with our, our colleagues who do what we do in the community, and they are the hospice. Now, the hospice have different aspects. I'm not here to do a talk on hospice, but just to let you know what that looks like, they've got a community team, and they visit not just in Dunedin, but they visit Central Otago, North Otago, South Otago as well. They have teams in all those areas and they, they're called care coordinators. They're mostly nurses and they come and see you at home and do a bit what I've talked about in the hospital. They give advice and support to the district nurses, to the GPs. And I also mentioned before about aged care facilities. Some people know those as geriatric hospitals or rest homes. And the hospice also provides a service where they employ nurse practitioners who go into the aged care facilities and, again, do very similar work to what I do around giving advice and support to the care and the, the staff, the nurses and the healthcare assistants and the GPs who look after people who are living in those facilities. So palliative care services, specialist services, support palliative care in all settings. And... We should only really be involved directly with people for probably only 10% of the time. That other 90% palliative care is provided by your general services like your GPs, your district nurses and your aged care staff. Mm, great. Yeah, so I suppose it's if someone has a loved one that's in a rest home and that, you know, they can talk to their G the GP of the person around actually is it appropriate to involve palliative care if, if, if they feel that perhaps, you know, their symptoms mm. aren't being managed um, as well as what they, they could be? So um, That's right. And a lot of uh, some of the other things that the hospice provides to support people to be in the community and not just in, in care facilities, but they have ed a lot of education programs, a great education program, and they have some where they have people who come to the hospice for for education as a carer, so somebody who's looking after someone at home. So our service isn't involved directly with those programs, but we certainly can make you know make sure that mm. referrals go to the hospice, who will then make sure through that that they've got that support if if there are gaps in, in what they might need in the community. Yeah. So that, yeah. So just once again, just taking it back to respiratory wise, um, certainly some of the people that I work with, um, we have referred on to the hospice, and you know I once again going back to that. Um, approach of mentioning the hospice, often people kind of get a little bit shocked because one, 
you know, it was they come across as it was about cancer and I haven't got cancer and am I dying, you know, really soon? Um, and it, it takes, you know, it's a bit of a conversation, I suppose, around um, actually, no, it's, it's not that you're dying now that, um, you know, there's a lot of supports that they can offer. And you mentioned the education sessions, which um, the people that have attended with their partners or um, friends have found them really, really helpful. And it's not about going into the hospice and spending time in the hospice, which is kind of perhaps what people have that um, maybe idea about, mm, isn't it? The idea of hospice, and in, in, in I think most people's minds still, is that hospice is a place to go to die. Mm. And hospice is a place for people with cancer. And neither of those two things really apply now into 2021. What what hospice is, is a service that supports people be where they want to be. And usually that is at home, in their own home. Or in, if they can't be at home because they've got physical needs that can't be met there, then that might be in the care facilities. And that's, and that's the other thing. We're not just talking about even respiratory conditions or heart conditions or kidney conditions. We're also talking about people with neurological conditions like, you know, like motor neurone disease mm. and those sorts of things as well. But we're also increasingly, because of our ageing, population. We're also increasingly people with frailty who have lived a long life and but they now are dying and that's that could be looked at like normal dying but we, we just might need to support that a little bit in both hospital settings and in the community. Yeah and, and as you said it's about trying to keep people where they want to be yeah. isn't it and um, you know the idea of going into the hospice to die is really kind of as you say perhaps 20 years ago that mm. was maybe what happened but now you know people are working really hard to keep people where they want to be aren't they and one of the things about the hospice inpatient unit and it it can be really described as sort of like the intensive care of palliative care so it's just like you don't go to the respiratory ward with every time you're a bit short of breath but when you really need to be somewhere that your needs can't be met that's where you go so from a palliative care perspective if all those other places it's just getting a little bit too tricky then that might be a reason to go to the hospice inpatient unit cool I think that was pretty clear. Joe, do you that was excellent. Yeah, I've yeah. just sat here and listened and uh, learned a lot. So thank yeah. you, Helen. For, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, I suppose the other thing is, which is a bit of a tricky question in the sense, how does, so let's say, the GP know when it's important to, to start sort of thinking about referring to your service? Well, the GP doesn't refer to us in hospital. That's a hospital no, team, so, but to the yeah. hospice or to palliative care services. I think it's a, it's just a good to remind me that I, I can tell you a little bit about the general practice at the moment and what they are doing now for people with long-term conditions is that they are bringing they are identifying people within their patient population that might have a long-term condition and or has got a long-term condition not might and maybe more than one and maybe a bit of a lot of medications and they bring them in and their practice nurses usually spend an hour or two with them and do a bit of an assessment and sometimes coming out of that it becomes obvious that maybe things are um, the issues are at a point where the, that they might need some support from from the hospice um, but again going back to that old that old chestnut you know um, it's not up to the hospice it's not up to us to say you need to refer now it's about when you just think as a GP in the back of my mind 
oh, this is getting a bit tricky. I might, I might refer and we'll, you know, get some support around that. Mm-hmm. And it might be something that is, from our perspective, reasonably straightforward, but that's absolutely fine to have that, to give that GP some support or that team some support at whatever level they're asking for it. Yeah, great. Um, look, I think we might have... Um yeah, look, I think thank you, Helen. That's been really, really helpful today to to have a conversation about palliative care because I think, as you say, people are a wee bit unsure what palliative care means, and so I hope that um, today we've sort of talked a little bit about it, about what's available both in the hospital and in the you know in the community setting. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with talking to your GP around it if that's something that you really um, think may be helpful, um, or even just some of those education sessions that they do run. So, um, thank you, Helen, today. Um, it's been nice having you along, uh, and that's Lung Talk for today. Thank you. Asthma Otago's Asthma Centre is open from 9 till 12, Monday to Friday, offering practical advice on how to better manage your condition. Call in and visit their rooms, have a cuppa and browse through their range of resources, or just have a chat. You'll find Asthma Otago at Dunedin Community House, 283 Moray Place, and you can call them on 471 6167. Asthma Otago. Supporting people with asthma and respiratory disease. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.